Uh, hello and uh, welcome everybody to the stacks. Uh, my name is Jay. And I'm Shanna. Uh, and this is our inaugural episode. And this week we are talking about the and tale of Zadoichi. technical difficulties, sometimes I don't hear everything Jay is saying, but I, I'm sure... <laughs> I'm yeah, sure we... if you did, I, I'm sure it was great. So we, we we made the mistake of starting our episode, uh, our, our first episode, on what turned out to be a Windows critical update day, and it's uh, messing with our steez, but we'll hopefully uh, be able to work through it. It has to be updated now. It cannot be done later. Can't do it. Clearly. Never. Not possible. Mm -mm. Uh, so this week, our movie is the classic uh, The Tale of Zatoichi. Uh, this is a 1962 film directed by Kenji Masumi, uh, the first in the uh, Zadoichi series, uh, and starring Shintaro Katsu as Zadoichi, or Ichi, as he is uh, most commonly yep. known in the series. So, uh, this, is this your first time seeing one of the Zadoichi films? Uh, yes, it is, actually. The, uh, the first... Well, I first heard of Zadoichi, I think it was sometime in the late 90s or early 2000s. There was like some kind of a Hollywood Zadoichi film that came out in North America or it was like pushed like a Hollywood film. I never saw it. So I, I just thought it was like an action film. And then I realized much later that, no, it's actually this huge series that's been going on forever in Japanese cinema. That's very not Hollywood. Yeah, the, and nor is the remake one, actually. Uh, it's a Takeshi Miike film. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so written and directed by him. Uh, it's very unusual. It plays a lot with the history of this series. Uh, and it, it's actually the very first one I saw as well. Uh, when that one came out, I saw that. I think because uh, it was heavily pushed. It was one of those movies that was presented by Quentin Tarantino. That's yes. Okay. Yes. That's, that's exactly it. I remember it was like somebody I knew. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. It's a really fun movie. Uh, it has a great dance sequence at the end. It's really great. Okay. Now, now Takeshi Mike is that, that's not beat Takeshi, is it? That's, no, that's the other guy. one. Uh, beat Takeshi was the one who's, uh, the main character in battle Royale. Yes, yes. Like the main uh, feature in that. Uh, Takeshi Miike, he directed Audition, uh, those... Uh, the, the, the Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive guy? Yes. Yes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. So it's, we're it's talking him. about this movie. Him as Zatoichi. Uh, oh! Oh! Oh, which well, is I'll have to cool. check that out. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so this is the very first one. Uh, and I have seen this and probably the next dozen or so this is the first of 27 films in the series 27 oh my 27. gosh uh, they, they really the pumped one, them up. I like I, I could watch a few more of these for sure um i don't know if i could do 27 but i could do a few yeah it's it's very chill like it's it a really is. sweet it's it's got it's bittersweet it's got a real melancholic feel to it mm -hmm. uh, i kind of describe it as a, sort of a classic wind and leaves samurai film like especially Which, the big showdown yeah well, <laughs> big show well we'll, we'll, we'll the, get to the that showdown, so, so the showdown. <laughs> uh yeah do do so do we want to start 
kind of going over what happens or yeah, do we want I to guess talk we can about sort of uh, talk a bit about the the basic uh skeleton the plot as a, as a way to sort okay. of uh, get into our discussion so zadoichi is a massage therapist well, a masseur. I don't think they had therapists back then. But anyway, he was a massage guy who is blind, who is really good with a sword. Um, but we don't know that right away. We just know that he's this adorable little blind man who goes into this gambling den to meet with the boss there. Everyone's an asshole to him. And then, but the boss loves him. Yeah, and they're all very, very willing to take advantage of this blind guy. It kind of Oh, completely. Of... It speaks of a weird breakdown in society. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's something, so these these movies are Jidaigeki or Chambara, and, and they're sort of set in the Edo era of Japan, uh, which technically is like a huge era of great uh, economic growth, which you don't really see a lot of that in these films. It seems like everybody's miserably poor and capitalism is just grinding them under their foot. Yeah, that this would have been, I guess, would this this must have been after the U.S. came? No, this would have been before the U.S. came to Japan, wasn't it? Yeah, this this would be previous to that. I like, I I'm not super up on my Japanese history. I know a lot of but, it mainly through movies. Yeah, I feel like this has to have been after Nobunaga, though. Probably. Um, like it, it is. Oh, gosh. I, like, I know that it's a. Big... I used to know all this. I know it's a big period of economic growth because mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. sort of like like the Edo era is a really huge era for that. Uh, but it's also like very strict social structures. Like oh, yes. everything's very, very uh, closely regimented in that way. And this is your place and a, this is what you do. Yeah, the the poor very much stay poorer. Mm -hmm. uh, and and they it makes these particular films and and like a lot of the jidaigeki uh thing even though they're in essence the japanese version of the western where they're looking where america's looking at the old west and sort of the lawlessness of it uh right. japan is looking at their big period of historical economic growth but casting it in the same lawless way like instead of it being romanticized I, it seems really countercultural to me well, that's the thing, because I was always used to, I always thought that everybody, like, romanticized the samurai or the Yakuza. Like, you, if you've ever played the Yakuza video games, they absolutely romanticize the Yakuza, but in here they do not. Yeah, most of these Yakuza seem like just a, a, a bunch of rats. Yeah, they're, they, these guys are just terrible, and they all, they, they, they're... I couldn't tell any of them apart until I realized that exactly there was exactly the same haircut. Yep. It's the same so... outfits. <laughs> the only reason I knew the one henchman is because he had a sister. Yeah. Tate. Tate. Yes. Oh, he's, he's a character. Oh man. He, he's a piece of work. Tate and he is Otana. the world's worst henchman. What a jerk. And, and Such like, he's jerk. one of the guys here. So like all of the gamblers are yakuza but like mm -hmm. all of these gamblers are just like <laughs> this blind man uh, we're gonna just fleece this poor traveling blind masseuse just clean this guy out and like this is a guy who their boss knows and potentially would protect like it just seems very short-sighted yeah, like because he's he's here specifically to see their boss that's, yeah. that's the first thing he says to them and of course, he's kind of a grifter to them as well. Like he's using his enhanced 
ring and he knows uh what dice are showing but like he's deliberately rolling yeah, the dice started it well yeah totally and I, I like it's him like catching them doing it and i think that's really funny mm-hmm. uh but like him being really addicted to gambling and really into cheating at gambling uh is is one of the big recurring things in the series oh okay okay so obviously they he he tricks them and he yeah he rolls the extra dice outside of the cup and those actually came out of his sleeve and there were real dice in the cup mm-hmm. uh so everyone's like oh that's not fair and like what you mean you placed your bet on dice that weren't in the cup don't you know how this game's played <laughs> And he's like, you guys all smell bad. I'm leaving. <laughs> Your boss is not worth waiting for. Yeah, and like, ouch. I'm like, oh, that's it's like, oh, shit. We, we may have yeah, screwed it's up. Like, then they're like, that's it. After him. Yeah. And uh, like, they, they go to the <laughs> boss and like, the boss is like, yeah, no, I know this guy. He's a great swordsman. This guy's wonderful. He's my, th- he's my favorite. You, uh, you specifically have to take care of him while he's here. Yeah, like, you specifically wash his feet right now. Yeah, wash his feet and take off his shoes. That's what it was. Give him a massage. Give him a massage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is great. But this boss, like, even though he's very effusively welcoming here, he's also a bad guy. And that's yeah. a really interesting element of this movie is that our hero is working for the bad guy. He's, well, everyone's working for everyone's the bad guys. There aren't the any guy. good guys. I, I would say but that that's... the rival Yakuza boss isn't as bad of a guy. Yes, he he kept his word on one thing that well, I'm sure we'll get into later. Yeah, certainly. But certainly. he did keep his word on that thing, right? With the with with the rifle, right? Exactly, and and just generally, like he sort of treats the other Yakuza in the story with more respect. And and I wonder if that's maybe also something to do with the other Yakuza not being a blind guy and not being uh, differently abled. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the, the samurai? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hot samurai. Uh, Kirate. Kirate. Man, that guy's cool. <laughs> he's, he's cool. He's, yeah. He's... And, and he's sort of the reason they're really buttering up Ichi, because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I mean... The other boss has this great swordsman, and we kind of need one of our own guys. And like, maybe you could show off some of your work. It's like, my skill is not for entertainment. Fuck this. Yeah, and and that's, I am not in the mood. He's like, no, no, no. That I I'm getting a massage right now. Uh, screw you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, from from Take, of course. <laughs> this poor. <laughs> Tatsu, this, man. What a jerk. Fucking guy. So so Take has a sister, we learn. Yeah, um, Otane. Otane. Um, who works at I think a restaurant, like his family's restaurant or their father's restaurant. I believe so. Yeah. And, and Take knocked up a so Take's involved in so much bullshit on it on the so side besides the Yakuza. He he so he knocked up this girl and Osaki. his sister's like Osaka, okay. And his sister's like, well, hey, you have to do the right thing. You knocked her up. And he's like, I didn't ask her to get pregnant. And first what of all, dick, come on. Yeah. What a piece of shit. She's <laughs> totally disgusted by him. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Rightfully so. And then he's like, well, what about you? Aren't aren't you going to like go back to my 
to my friend who you were dating? And it's like, no, he's actually a horrible human being. It's like, but he loves you, though. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's like, just like, no, screw you, guy. I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. And then, then, and of course, Ichi overhears everything going on. Of course. Anytime something's happening, you can assume that Ichi hears it if he's in the building. Of course. Yeah, that's (laughs) nothing gets by this guy. Yeah. And uh, so he goes carp fishing and this is where he meets Harate, Mm -hmm. uh, who who (laughs) describes himself as a failed Yakuza, which I thought was kind of cool. Or, or uh, I want to I want to correct you though. He describes himself as a failed samurai. Failed samurai. Uh, Ichi, you're right. Ichi describes himself as a yakuza. This guy is or right. was correct. a samurai. Yeah. They they're the other guys it, are are yakuza. Yes. The other guys are yakuza, but this guy is or was a samurai. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what. It's not really that yeah, clear. And and failed. Uh, clearly, failed. things have gone wrong for him, and he is very unwell. Uh, he's oh. drunk, he's depressed, and we learn a little bit later on that he is dying of consumption or, no, what is it? Tuberculosis. Consumption. He's yes. dying of tuberculosis. Yes. I, I thought he was just dying or drinking too much at first, but no, no. <laughs> he does spend a lot of time drinking. In every scene he's in, except for the last, oh no, no, he he's not drinking in the fishing. I'm sorry, no. No, he's not drinking just... in the fishing, right. No, and he's not drinking in the fight, but every other scene he's drinking. Yes. Uh, and, and he's usually very down. He, he's very depressed. Uh, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to kill people. He, he doesn't <clears throat> like that at all, but it's just nope. sort of the work he's gotten himself into, just, I guess. This is how I make money. This is how I make ends meet. <laughs> Killing people for this, for, for these losers. Yeah. Or whoever. I mean, I mean, like, and he's just kind of killing them for room and board. Uh, so he's Basically. working for uh, Sukgoro. No, uh, Sh- Shigezo. Shigezo oh, is I, I his boss. I didn't catch any of the names of the gangs or or the bosses or whatever. Fortunately, I took notes. Uh, ah, he, yes. He works for Shigezo uh, in yeah. Sasagawa. Uh, and Ichi is working for Sukagoro in Ioka. Okay, so... Are these two like rival villages? That's something I wasn't quite clear on. It, yeah. it felt like they were rival towns, but I don't know. They're sort of just like rival Yakuza bosses. Uh, right. So they're sort of in two separate towns. Like they're in, one of them sort of runs the town of Sasagawa and one runs Yoka, but uh, Sasagawa wants to take over Yoka and just like expand his uh, reach into uh-huh. that whole town. You know, like it, right. it, the whole structure of government was like a series of gangs. It, yeah, it really was. <laughs> it's very strange. Oh, yeah. So, um, and we, learned... yeah, that's right, because he had this guy uh, go into the um, the Ioka gambling joint and try to steal customers. I'm not quite sure how that works, but it's right. Very bad for these people. You do not do that. Yeah, they they are uh, super uh, not okay with that. Uh, yeah, no, no competition allowed, uh, and mm-hmm. and we definitely quickly get an impression that Sukugaro is a bad guy. Like anytime uh, he's away from Ichi, he's talking about doing some bad shit. Like he he wants to yeah. run these people into the ground. Mm-hmm. And he he talks smack about Ichi all the time when he's not around. 
Yeah. And then finally, Ichi does have to come in and show off his skill because uh, he's doing a whole speech about his villainous plan. And then like the camera backs up to the back of the room and Ichi's just sitting there right in the middle of the room. <laughs> right in the crowd, right there, sitting with all the other guys. And, and this boss just doesn't notice him because that's how little he cares about his guys. <laughs> so funny. Like it, It's a very well, well, uh, uh, well-delivered visual gag, pretty much. The camera just comes out and he's right there. He's like, oh, you were, you were here for that, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, I heard everything. And then uh, he demonstrates. Oh, such a cool demonstration, too. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he cuts this he cuts this candle in half, like from a kneeling position, with both halves still lit. Both halves still lit. So cool. So cool, so cool. And like a great the, effect, like they, the, it totally works. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And then everyone's just like, okay. And he walks out and he's like, hey, maybe uh, I can up my price a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And the one henchman, um, presumably not Take, is like, should I go apologize to him? And the boss <laughs> is like, no, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, th that other guy, I do not remember his name. He he has nothing to do in the entire movie except be the other guy. He's the, yeah. The we need someone other than the skeevy henchman to do something. <laughs> Let's get this skeevy henchman. Yeah. Uh, so like right after this is when Osaki's body is found in the lake. Uh, yes. Yes. And, so and that's it's this the pregnant big girl. thing. It's a, it's a pretty big who thing. Take, yeah, who Take would not um, take responsibility for. Right. And do we find out for sure how she died? No, I like it's it's definitely rumored that it's suicide because he would not take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that's it's heavily implied that that's the case. They they say that that's a possibility, but somebody I think. There is but also when he's rumors he's that all like, he I may have it. done it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah, also like rumor, the... and as well, like we'll get to it right at the very end. But there is yeah. some synchronicity regarding that oh, as well. Oh, I love it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's rumored. It's rumored that he may have done it, but ultimately it doesn't matter because he, whether he did it or not, he did cause it. Right. Exactly. He, like, he, he is responsible ultimately... for this woman's death. Yeah, and exactly. this unborn baby's death. Indeed. Uh, so the body was found at the fishing spot. So our yeah. two samurai get together and share a drink and reflect about like, hey, we're on opposite sides of this war and neither of us have any stake in it at all, huh? <laughs> Weird. Yep. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they become they become buddies. Yeah. Well, like they, they totally see eye to eye. They're the same sort of person. Honorable mm -hmm. people in this nest of snakes. Yeah, basically. Uh, I like that Ichi kind of describes himself as like, nah, I'm just a street performer. I just know a few tricks. And Harada is like, no, you're not. <laughs> I can see through you. Come on, you're intense. You're menacing, dude. Oh, and he is when he gets mad. But he really we'll is. get to that, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. One of the things that I find interesting about the series, and you get a lot of it, around Ichi because he's always giving or getting massages. Massage is a really big part of Japanese culture. It's kind of so much less of one culture. 
but like mm-hmm. you have these traveling masseuses uh and right. you have all of these people seem to be trained in massage it's it's kind of like if you're in a service position you kind of have to know how to massage that's weird to me yeah yeah i I wouldn't be okay with that, honestly. I don't want to be called to randomly massage people when I'm working at my restaurant or, or whatever. Or, or even or, on the contrary, that like your boss can be like, "Hey, go massage your like your your boss might tell someone else to massage you." <laughs> like I don't know like, about hey, that. Um, do, do we not have consent in uh, the Edo period? Well, probably not so much. Probably not. Well, the women don't. Yeah, well, definitely not. No, definitely not. I, I mean, like, maybe uh, slightly more than in periods. You, you get a little yeah. bit of it. Uh, I, and there are some uh, great Lady Samurai movies from this era oh. as well. Ooh. Lady Snowplod. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they... Uh, where where did we leave off? So they're having their drinks so this is where we're, we're just about to finally see Ichi in action. Because we, oh, we get a yeah. bit about Harate and and Ichi, they they learn a little bit of the background. We find out that Harate is dying of tuberculosis, mm-hmm. uh, and then finally a couple thugs threaten Ichi. Oh, that's <laughs> in, right, in the because forest, he heard... he's coming back from drinking right, with his he buddy. Heard kind of part of the boss talking to Harate. Yes, exactly. And he's like, <laughs> okay, I'll put up a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and Hirate's like, you better leave him alone. <laughs> and then he kicks their asses, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't kill him, though. That's nope. that's important. Yeah, he just gives them both a slash. One strike to both, like, gets both of them in one single slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like it. He, he, he kneels down. He blows out the lantern and just waits for a moment. And then just boom. One yep, slash. Yep. And they're both out. They're both shrieking on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I go ahead. I found it interesting that he didn't kill them. Well, I yeah, I, I, it like, and I'm like, okay, so this is our good guy. I think he doesn't kill if he doesn't have to. These guys didn't need to die necessarily. Yeah, he he's they, just they learned teaching them a lesson here. It's like, listen, yeah. you're not going to intimidate me, and I don't need to kill you to make you realize that you're not going to intimidate me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I only kill people when I'm paid to do it. Yeah, or or in self defense. Right. Well, no, he didn't even because that wasn't self defense. It was in self defense, and he'll he'll do it in self defense. Yeah, if there's no other way, he will. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, he is having sake sent to Hirate, uh, for like just just kind of as a general greeting and thanks. Uh, and this is when the guy shafts him on, <laughs> like sends him. Oh, yeah. Sends the shitty quality sake, lowest quality yeah, available. Like... And now was this, this, this must've been Take again, who's like, yeah, just send them the shittiest stuff. I I can't remember who it was because I know he sends someone else. Like he, like the guy, yeah. The henchman sends another henchman. Yeah. He hires someone, he gives someone the amount of money and is like, I want this exact change. I know how much I'm paying. I want you to get the best stuff. And the guy shafts him and is like, oh, keep the change. And he sends, uh, Sasuke who we met earlier. He was one of the other guys in the den. Right, yes. Just sort of like one of the guys who works there, and he's sent to deliver it to Sasagawa, and of course they think he's there on some kind of official business of the other town, and he gets beaten to death. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they killed him they, just for... Um, they just beat the shit out of him. He dies. Yeah, he dies. They they deliver his dead body back. With a little bamboo leaf on his face. So it's like, yeah, so they know. we did this. Yeah. It's like, and, then, and then they... But of course, the other gang doesn't know why they killed him. And Ichi's just like, huh, must have been related to the gang war. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not really sure what's going on there either because it wasn't quite the way he had planned it. Like, he was just trying to send Sake to his friend. Yeah, to make up for all the stuff. Well, you know, kind of like a, hey, I drank some of your Sake, here's some of mine. Yeah. Uh, so this is when we we get the, the scene where Otane and Tate are having sort of a fight and Ichi protects her from him while pretending that he doesn't realize that Tate is there. Yeah, that's right. Right, because Tate is like, no, no, here, go. Like you're go going back to my, my friend. friend. <laughs> go get raped by her. I don't want to get raped by her. Well, you're my sister and you have to. <laughs> so like Ichi shows up and I, I really like he he just completely intimidates him. He's like, oh, someone there? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> he has no respect for this man and nor should he no he, the guy deserves absolutely no respect yeah so he rescues her from his from her brother and also her would-be rapist yeah and this guy like that other guy we basically they, get very they, little of him. is this where they walk home together yes this is where they walk home together and kind of get to know each other what's up Oh, I, I, if you've been saying things, I haven't been hearing it. No, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, they walk home together and he's all like, oh, you must be really pretty. And she's like, no, I'm not. And it's like, yeah, she is. She is. She is. She's beautiful. She is. She's gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it's, it's a very pleasing scene. Like, she's someone who genuinely, who clearly has experience of the whole Yakuza lifestyle and is very disillusioned with it in a way that kind of vibes with Ichi's own outlook. Mm -hmm. So, like, what do you think in terms of the politics of Yakuza in this movie? Uh, just because th this is sort of a scene where all of that is kind of coming together, and it's where we're going with the rest of it is uh, just about all of the things kind of kicking into action. Uh, but we've got this scene where she's talking about her history uh, with you know, Yakuza men, and he's just sort of this mm -hmm. guy lost in the, and we're, we're having all of this weird uh, conflagration of different stupid little petty rivalries about to explode into an all-out war. Like, the, yeah. how does the politics of Yakuza in this, for instance, reflect in terms of the politics of Yakuza in those games? Because, like, I'm totally right. unfamiliar with the modern interpretation stuff. Well, um... Hmm. It, it, it's hard to compare, really, because kind of like they were just doing the same shit, <laughs> just on a bigger scale. Right. And it's like, uh, and because of the video game, of course, you also get your Yakuza, like, super villains who were like, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm going to uh, fake my own death and become the governor of Tokyo uh, and just turn Japan into a Yakuza-run state. Like, I don't think real Yakuza do that. I hope real Yakuza don't do that. I think Lex Luthor did that. Oh, Lex Luthor probably has done that. Uh, but um... and, and there was someone who was running America recently. It was kind of like that. Oh, a... oh that guy. <laughs> International Crime Syndicate. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, Yakuza politics. I mean, I, I don't know how it actually played out or how it plays out modernly or historically, but it's it all boils down to the same kind of shit the in the between the games or the movies. It's all about turf wars, territory fights. Um it's all so petty. Like, it's so incredibly it, it really petty. is. Like like when they they're talking about this war, like it's this great thing, like, oh my gosh, we're gonna get like a huge fight scene like in three hundred <laughs> and then the war happens and it's just some assholes fighting some other assholes and the townspeople just like not this shit again. The fight scenes are so chaotic. Like people are just hacking they're... wildly in every direction until the samurai shows <laughs> up and just takes all of them out at once. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's I, I, it, I, what surprised me was like, oh, this is going to be beautifully choreographed. And oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, these fights don't look fun at all. Like these guys, the, the samurai, each time the samurai characters have one strike, that's choreographed. But everything else, yeah. it's just like them slashing through that. Like everybody yeah. else is just hacking like crazy. They are, you know, like none of them are trained. No, they're, they're just I, little boys with swords. They're, they're thugs. They're these. They, it's just like a street gang. They're, they're completely just totally cheap thugs. They they're not. Uh, they're they're not capable of doing anything, and that's why these samurai are so incredibly valuable to the boss. Yeah, like um, we did we didn't talk about it, but there was this scene where um, he's negotiating oh, yeah. the the price to get Ichi to pay, to uh, participate in this war. And he's like, three Rio, is that all my life is worth to you? Well, you know, it's, it's like, I could have a bit more, you know, here's five. He's like, so five is the amount. He's like, is that not enough? And he's like, no, I mean, I guess that's enough. It's okay. I mean, just, you know, I really wanted to kind of get on the road tomorrow. How about eight? Yeah, well, we'll see. And he's like, I'll pay you that. I'll pay you three now and five later. And then once he hears that Harate is too sick, like uh, Harate coughs up blood and passes out yeah, around yeah, this time. He's, he's out. He's supposedly he... completely out of the game. Uh, and now Sukagoro's like, I'm not paying you your extra money. You can just get the hell out of town, you thieving blind bastard. He's like, wow. He's, yeah, wow. You Boy, know yeah. this guy can kill you with no no hesitation. And, and he has the audacity to ask for the advance back. Yeah. And he's just like, no. It's like, I no. don't think so, man. Screw you. You're, you're not getting that. So yeah, Ichi's fully prepared to leave town. And he's like literally on his way out of town. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's going out right now. He's, he becomes concerned for Hirate because they... Because he hears that Harate is sick, so he's he's like, oh, maybe I'll go to the other town and see how my buddy's doing. Uh, but well, in it, the meanwhile, the attack is starting up. Yes, and and the other boss is all like, oh well, I'll I'll get Harate to fight. Yeah, he's like, I, I gotta get Harate to fight. I I gotta get him here because we're going to be massacred by these people. They have way higher numbers than us. And way more people. It's he still also thinks that Ichi is on the way too. Yeah, he does. He does at this point. He, he's under the the incorrect impression. Yeah, that Ichi is going to help these losers to take out those losers. Right. So he goes up to Hirate. He's like, well, the war's starting. We'll just have to do okay without ya. 
I guess we'll manage somehow. He's like, I guess we'll just have to use this rifle. Yeah, he's got this rifle, this, like, secret weapon. Now, I guess uh, right back then, like, you couldn't get these. Pretty rare. Uh, like... Yeah, they're not... Ha- have you ever seen... not like America. No. <laughs> well, have you ever seen Seven Samurai? Oh, no, I haven't. This is sort of, like, the big classic samurai film. It's what uh, the Magnificent Seven Western is a remake of it, but, like, in okay, the US. Okay, yeah. Um, that, that's sort of, like, that, that one's sort of the introduction of the gun to uh the samurai era and how incredibly destructive it is and and how much it upends the playing field as far as oh, samurai yeah. battles go <laughs> with a gun you don't have samurai battles anymore no exactly which is why which is why hirate was like you know what i'm gonna get up if you leave the rifle here i'll go fight ichi yeah because he he doesn't want he does not feel that it would be fair for Ichi to be taken out that way. Like, ultimately, he is extremely honorable about this. And also, he also really wants to die in battle to Ichi. Yeah, yeah, it's... I, I don't think... I don't know if they had explored that yet, but that's that's definitely where he wants to go. Yeah, like, he... Like, he knows he's dying, and he does not want mm-hmm. to go out to this sickness. Like, it is clearly a horrible sickness that he's going through. There yes. is a moment oh, yeah. in the battle where suddenly he just throws up a lot of blood and it's gross. Like it's pretty mm-hmm. intense. Oh yeah. It's, it's like, it just covers his, his shoe yeah. or his foot. He with just, blood. just throws up a bunch of blood on his foot just in the middle of battle and just, wow. Going. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. Uh, and also mm-hmm. Otane is trying to leave with Ichi. Yes, yes, they, she wants to run away with him. And Ichi finds out that Hirate is actually going to fight now, so he is kind of like, oh man, everything's all twisted up again. Well, better make sure Hirate doesn't get killed by these dumb thugs. How <laughs> shitty would it be if Take killed him? Right. He doesn't say that, but you know, how shitty would it be if Take killed him? I mean, that is essentially what he has in mind. It's like, man, that would be such a goddamn bummer. I, I can't, I can't live with that. Neither of them can live with the other one dying to these losers. Just mm-hmm. all, all these yeah. ants. Yeah, that, that's just it. Like, both of these warriors have no respect for the people they're working for. They're like, these guys are just... They're the worst. They're, they're just scumbags. All of them are just garbage. Uh, so we get an actual pretty iconic face-off. Like, it's not a big battle set piece, but it's quietly iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it is a face-off. We get a long, uh, quiet scene of them facing off against each other across a bridge. Yet, yet just, I, I would say staring each other down, but that's not what Ichi's doing. Right. He doesn't stare much. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, uh, spoilers, obviously, but Ichi does win this battle. I mean, there are 26 more movies after this, certainly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it could be Hirate. I don't know. Maybe they just were like, hey, I was hoping they would just come to an understanding and Hirate would be Ichi's traveling companion. <laughs> It just can't nope, go that, that doesn't way. happen. Can't go that way. 
Uh, he has a really lovely final line is uh, rather than being killed by scoundrels, I wanted to die by your hands. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really like one thing that I think is really cool about these scenes as well is there's a lot of softness and tenderness between these two. Uh, there's uh, just like there, there's no kind of stigma about that within yeah. this culture. Yeah. Like they're super killer samurais, but they're also very emotionally open. They're very soft and tender with one another. It's really mm -hmm. interesting. Because, like, yeah, Ichi I, holds I, him and cries when he dies. Like, I, I got... I, I kind of got relationship vibes off of them. Yeah. But they, but they aren't in a relationship, but... Ichi kind of can't have relationships. <laughs> like... Er, I'm beginning to see that. The, the, it, like, we, we get both in terms of Hirate as well as uh, Otane. Like, he just can't be in a relationship with anyone and he it's it, they're only going to be passing acquaintances because mm -hmm. like death just surrounds ichi like whirlwind oh yeah yeah so and of course now so, yeah. that the samurai's gone sukagoro's men come in and they just massacre shigezo and all of <laughs> all of the other guys and they just have a big party Yep, like, woohoo, we did it. We run both of these towns now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ichi, come celebrate with us. You are a piece of shit. But he is more than that. He's like, oh, man, we Yakuza are outlaws, and that's why we must honor our own code. And he throws the money back at him. It's great. Yeah, and it's important. This is the first time that he opens his eyes in the whole movie, and he's just, like, he's just looking this guy in the eyes, or... You know, right? And it's terrifying. It's very intense. Like it, it's like so it's, it's incredible performance. I think it's really he's, good. He's so amazing in this role. I mean, you can see why it caught on and why they made so many of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because, like, he, he this this actor. Um, oh, sh I I don't know his name, but <laughs> uh, he, Shintaro Katsu. Shintaro Katsu. He he does the whole range really well like he's he's like this when you first see him he just looks like this cute adorable sweetheart but then he just does his face this way and he's like this terrifying demon yeah he's very and, good and that's what at, i saw when he was talking to. that uh, that's what i saw when he was talking to the uh the other boss he's just this terrifying demon telling him like you have how dare you look up at the sun with no shame in your face? <laughs> yeah, like just instant switch. Like he is able to go from a very friendly and very sweet, like almost kind of a Winnie the Pooh character. Oh, kind of. Yeah. He, he just sort of bumbles into town. And he He's like, oh, Ooh, I like bother. gambling. Could I maybe just uh, try a hand of this? <laughs> oh, bother. I appear to have cleaned you all out. I've got a rumbly in my tumbly. <laughs> uh, but then, like, you know, he, he pulls the sword at that game and just, oh, people get dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of people getting dead, we're, we're not done with that. <laughs> no, indeed. And so, like, first he pays for Harate's funeral, and he's like, yeah. I can't oh, take yeah, this sword. Right. This sword doesn't belong to me. I want you to keep it. I will come back for it to deal with it when I come through this way again. And when I make sure that you've paid for this funeral properly. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, now it's time to leave town. And Tate, of course, is like, oh, 
screw this guy. I, I can show how big I am. <laughs> and then he tries to... It's not even a sneak attack. It's like, it's an attempted sneak attack. He thinks it's a sneak attack because Ichi's blind, but he's, like, he's seen Ichi take out people before. I don't know how he's this stupid, but he is. He's the world's worst henchman. He is the world's he's, worst henchman. He's the second in command of the army because, like, eight other people before him died. Well, so he's second in command by default. And I think he married into it. Like, he married someone important. I oh, feel oh, like that came up earlier. Or was that the other guy? You're thinking of the this uh, Hanji guy. Hanji, we don't really that's see right. very much. We, we don't really see Hanji. That's right. But he uh, he was able to marry the governor's mistress. And I just love... Ichi, oh, yeah, uh, when he's learning this mistress. <laughs> so, okay, let me get this straight. The governor has a mistress, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. and the governor allowed this guy to marry his mistress. Like, mm -hmm. yep, That's right. Yep, so mm -hmm. this guy is married to the governor's mistress. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ichi's just like, huh. huh that's okay that's fascinating <laughs> right okay. yeah that, that's yeah. the guy i was thinking that, about yeah hanji <laughs> yeah but that doesn't really go anywhere no i i was wondering about that because they're the line at the end and i almost thought like is hanji like because i don't even remember ever seeing hanji i thought maybe it was just another name for tate because some of these people have multiple names oh no, Hanji is like the boss's sworn brother. He just yeah. arrived for dinner one day. Right. Okay. Okay. With the governor's mistress slash his own wife, oh, yes. who are the same person. It's very weird. So weird. Uh, but obviously, Ichi, uh, Ichi does not stand for Tate sneaking up on him. Yes. Just chucks him in the river. Well, like he just he he runs him through, and then he's like, so he ends up dead in the lake, just like Osaki. And, I, and, I and that's Ichi, pretty excellent. And like it lingers on him going under at this muddy water. He's not getting out of there. No. And Ichi's just like, ah, probably some worthless bastard. <laughs> some worthless or nobody. worthless nobody. Yep. that's what it was. That's great. He's not wrong. No, he's completely right. Tate was this totally worthless and he's nobody. Yeah. The world's worst henchman and brother. Yeah. And Otane also comes along the road and also tries to stop him. Uh, but she wants to come with him, of course. Yeah. Uh, and he just goes in the bushes and he just kind of goes around yeah, her. He, he takes a detour through the woods because uh, Ichi must always be alone. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, and that, that, that is the end of the movie. Uh, we, we've got uh, Ichi off to another town. Uh, and, I, and I think the second movie, if I recall, it's, it's been like a good 10 years since I rewatched the second one. I feel like it's almost the same story the second time around, but maybe with a bit more background about how Ichi came to be himself, be this uh, powerful swords person. Yeah, because all we get in this movie is he just trained a lot. He says he's self-taught, and uh, Hirate's like, no, you're not. It, yeah, I am. It's the One Punch Man origin story. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. I just, I just trained a lot until my hair fell out. <laughs> like, I mean, it doesn't have the hair fell out, but it's like, oh, you know, well, I, I was this street performer. I was just a masseuse and uh, people were always mean to me and I thought I'd uh, learn a few things. So I did. And now I'm good. 
which <laughs> more than good <laughs> uh and like we will get multiple different origin stories for ichi over the different film he's oh, okay he's he's a bit of a mystery to unravel of course right uh so yeah uh, any uh, thoughts about uh tale of zatoichi well um yeah, uh, <laughs> I love how the whole movie can basically be summed up as Zatoichi goes into town, a whole bunch of people die for no reason, Zatoichi leaves town. Yep, and, and that's... And it's important to note, he only killed like two of them. Yeah, most of them died because of internal squabble. Because they're stupid bullshit. But also because, and, and this is sort of a thing that later films will get into, also because as a samurai, he's sort of a text of death like it's sort of a witch sort of a vortex of death like just oh death yes yes constantly is happening around him as a result mm -hmm. of who he is right yes uh yeah i think it's a great film uh it's a i i liked it a lot it's it's so much it's fun in a weird way like it's not action-packed there's not a lot nope. of <laughs> not a lot of fighting or swords no, really it, it's it's very chill but like he's such a likable character even though he can be very frightening there's a huge amount of charm to the performance mm -hmm. like even when he's being a dick yeah like, and he's not when he's being scary is. but when he's he, he can be a dick like especially when he's trying to like bilk a little bit of extra money out of them he's cheating <laughs> cards or he's kind of like talking down to them after he's uh or cheating at dice he's like well yeah you guys uh were were willing to take advantage of me so i can dice all i want <laughs> yeah he's he, he he's a good guy but he's not like he's not i, I don't know if i'd call him a hero no like he's he is heroic. He is as heroic as the situation needs him to be, but not more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. They, <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, because you don't see him taking advantage of any good people. No. Not that there's many in this movie. There are very few, but he is always extremely kind to people in service positions, for instance, uh, which most of his enemies are not. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that that's a really notice or notable uh, theme in that we're always seeing all of these bad guys be rude to service people. And he always comes to town as a person in a service position and kind of yeah. fields how bad all of people are, how he is to buy them. So it's almost like he's a hero for the uh, minimum wage worker. Kind of, yeah. I mean, that, that's sort kind of, of but... always been. And, and I think that's <laughs> sort of part of... Uh, the Zatoichi's success in Japan is that, like, I, I feel that that was a fairly original uh, sort of character at that point in time. I, I don't feel like I've seen that in 50s uh, samurai films that I've seen, where, like, he very much is just this service person going from town to town and just trying to eke out a living, except he's also a very dangerous samurai. Mm hmm. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> I dig it. I yeah, I'll, def I'll definitely be watching more in this series. Absolutely. Uh, so shall we move on? Yes, yes, let's move on to the next part. All righty, so normally we might have an additional discussion in between here, uh, but uh, since this is our first one, we don't really have 
the additional films set up. So we're just going to move on to movements. Uh, the way this is sort of set up, so we're called the stacks. Uh, this refers to currently 53 literal stacks of movies in my room. <laughs> Physical stacks of DVDs, one atop the other. Uh, mostly Blu-rays. Uh, Blu-rays, movies anyways. Yeah, and, and Physical media. all stuff that I want to watch. Uh, so mm -hmm. my mission here is obviously to watch all of it. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be... We're not going to talk about every crazy movie in my collection because that would be absurd. Oh, it would. It would be so... We'd be here forever. So instead, uh, I'll talk about... In brief, I'll talk about the ones that I have watched in the past week. Uh, and we'll we'll see if maybe we want to talk about some of those uh, in uh, lesser detail. If Shanna is interested in watching some of them in the yeah, next week. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then uh, we'll also talk about a few things that are being added to the list to replace those uh and in the show notes i plan on including a link to the actual list so i can take a look at what's up there and active at whatever time you might be hearing this uh so first one up first of the ones that i watched is uh mm -hmm. oliver stone's debut film seizure uh, i was talking about this a little bit earlier when we were just kind of getting ready to record uh, it's a very strange film about this guy who's having a recurring nightmare about all of his friends and himself being murdered by a giant guy in bondage, a dominatrix, and a dwarf called The Spider, played by Hervé Villachez, uh, who you may know as the the guy on Fantasy Island, the dwarf from Fantasy Island. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, boss, de plane, de plane. Uh, that guy, he's... <laughs> All right. It's it's kind of fun. It's not a great movie. It's I mean, it's very like Oliver Stone, 1973. It's a very weird. It's it's almost like a student film horror. It, it okay. It feels very personal. It really feels like there are a lot of daddy issues, which is kind of big in all of Oliver Stone's early work, like up to I guess Wall Street, where he sort of resolves a lot of it, because mm. Wall Street is his movie about his dad's job because his his dad was a wall street guy uh so also in in kind of keeping with themes uh oliver stone does tend to have a real anti-capitalism in his it's it's got a bit of that as well people right people who seek capital are bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh okay and that was called seizure seizure uh, all right uh and that is replaced with the other side of madness which is a 1971 Manson family uh, biopic. Oh, it's a it's a biopic. I, I thought it was a documentary. No, th this one is people playing uh, all of the, the Manson people. Uh, oh, boy. Featuring actual music by Charles Manson. Uh, who <laughs> did make music. Who did make <laughs> he music. He recorded uh, he recorded songs. And uh, the, the Blu-ray, this recently came out from Film Detective. They did a really limited, uh, and it comes with a replica of the single that was released when the movie came out, which features uh, two M Charles Manson songs, uh, Mechanical Man and Garge Dumb. Oh my gosh. And then, but then he went and did all that stuff. Well, yeah, then then obviously there, there were uh, there some incredibly horrifying murders. Uh, this one, this movie actually has footage from the ranch, 
Uh, they they shot some of it at Spawn Ranch, uh, where, you know, the where they were hanging. Where they, well, it was their base for a while. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the really interesting things about the Manson family, and in terms of all of the movie business, is like not only you know we we know they knew the boys, uh, the Beach Boys stole one of Manson's <laughs> songs and Rick B side, which is so crazy, right? Uh. <laughs> They were not releasing this one because it was written by Charles Manson, who, um, <laughs> you know, he's been cancelled lately. We'll just put that one on the B side, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, they're, 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 they're this cult who is living on a film set. <laughs> yeah. That's out of this world. Yeah, and before he went to go build dune buggies in the desert. Of course. I mean, dune buggies in the desert would, would have been probably what he would have done if he were not the dangerous lunatic that he became. Yes. yes. <laughs> so so this movie's about that. Yeah, this is uh, just a, a, a bio, or like maybe the first movie that came out about the Manson family after the murders. Because it's very, very it shortly a- after. Yeah, you said it was 1971 and the murders were in 69? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's... That's pretty quick. That's after. actually really short to release a to release a biopic. Like, I think he would have still been on trial around that time, because that trial went forever. Yeah, that's right. So... Because there's the whole <laughs> family on trial. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a very controversial... Well, that would be... That's pretty interesting. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, so the next one that I watched is a slasher movie, sort of. Uh, it's called Moon Scorpio. Uh, Sorry, Moon. Moon in Scorpio. Moon in Scorpio. Uh, and it's about a Vietnam vet who is going on his honeymoon. Uh, and okay. he, for some reason, decides to go on a sailboat trip to Acapulco with his new bride, as well as all his Vietnam War buddies. That's not who you take on a honeymoon. It's, it's kind of a weird choice, right? Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I'd take somebody else. You know, I'd take I'd take any, know, my partner. Just her, really. Just her seems like the way to go, especially because uh, his buddies got up to some really bad shit in Vietnam, and they did massacre some people. Uh, so they're very haunted. Oh, boy. And it seems like it's an especially a bad idea for him to be getting on a boat to be going to Acapulco because he seems to have these hauntings anytime he gets into water. Like before they even get to the boat, there's a part where they're staying at a motel and he goes into the motel pool and the motel pool becomes haunted because he's in it. So I feel that any body of water that he gets into is automatically be haunted. And I wonder at what level that stops being an issue so like does does the whole ocean get haunted i mean i guess like it, the boat gets pretty haunted they something starts killing people off one by one uh well, if you i don't know what happens at the end it didn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> well you know if you've seen some pictures of some deep sea creatures you could argue that the ocean is haunted the ocean is pretty haunted quite honestly and usos yeah, some some Lake Baikal action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we don't need to look for aliens. We got aliens in the ocean. We got those deep sea fangly fish. 
Yes. Uh, this fish is covered in spikes. It has a big mouth that's also spikes. And it lights up in one place to attract prey. That's creepy. Deep sea fangly fish. There, there's, there are a few things that trouble me more than those really creepy deep sea fish with like the little fisher light over their fangs. Like Ooh, that's yeah. that's creepy. I I love it, but it is terrifying. Uh, now, go ahead. Yeah. How does that how does that work though? Because what else at that depth creates light? Like <laughs> the fish are the only thing that's making that's lighting up should be these angler fish. So these other fish should be like, oh hey, light. I it's think an angler. It's, uh, Stay away from that. I think it's a bioluminescence thing. So maybe it looks like things that are tasty. I don't uh, know a lot be. about marine biology be fair <laughs> uh that is replaced with x-ray uh which is uh also known as hospital massacre uh this is another slasher movie and okay uh let me see here i've i have watched this movie but i don't quite remember it it like it's basically just there's a slasher in a hospital and he's going after a nurse <laughs> it's, oh, one of those. Yeah, and uh, I don't think there's anyone notable. In, uh, I, I don't remember it. I have seen it, but I recently picked up the Shout Factory or Scream Factory Blu-ray with it. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Uh, just recently got the disc. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about that one other than like pretty basic, just a slasher in a hospital. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, next one that I watched is Delirium, uh, a film by Lamberto Bava, who is the son of Mario Bava, legend, very famous for using lots of color gels. Uh, he he was a big influence, Gento. Okay. And uh, this movie definitely feels like it comes in the same uh, trend as those. Like it's another very colorful uh, sort oh, of. Oh shoot! What's up? <laughs> Oh, I lost you. He, I caught this movie definitely feet, and then you cut. Okay, so it, it's another movie that has uh, color gels. It's very picturesque. Uh, uses a lot of uh, striking visuals to deliver its horror, rather than a lot of dark and a lot of violence. Okay. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's got a really breezy score. Uh, it's weird. Like, it's just weird as balls. It's about, uh, there's this lady who runs a nudie and she starts getting threats and someone starts killing all of the models who work for this magazine and then sending pictures of the, or the dead bodies to her, uh, but posed in front of a nude picture of herself. Oh gosh. <laughs> Which is pretty creepy. Wow. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, all right. And we get these really weird scenes of the guy stalking or is it a guy i don't i don't remember now it's a giallo it's it's basically a giallo i don't know if, are you familiar with the giallo no no i'm not so essentially they're they're a lot like they're they're sort of the precursor to the slasher film they're sort of the italian precursor to those where you'd get a lot of docking and killing scenes but it wouldn't really be a supernatural force it would usually just be someone with black gloves who you don't see until the end of their okay oh, right on right on so, sorry my issues my technical issues are 
you're cutting out like every second word now. Oh no! Yeah, it's a uh, we're, we're we're having we we had some trouble trying to set up today. Uh, we'll 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 soldier through it. Hopefully, it'll work okay, and we can just sort of fix it in post. I don't know how to do that, so I'm counting. That's on okay. You. I I I will be the editor. Uh, Yay! So the 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 thing that happens in this movie is we get these weird scenes of the guy stalking his prey, where he just mm-hmm. where we see from his point of view, and like the first lady he goes after, her head is just one giant eyeball in his view. Okay, so so he's stalking a giant eyeball lady in or. Or that's what it looks like anyway. That's what it looks like to him. And there's another part where okay. it's a lady with like a bee head. Just like okay. a head, the head of a bee. I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I couldn't tell you why. I, I watched this movie in the past several days and I do not, re- do not know why those things happened in the movie. Uh, but they were striking. <laughs> okay. They, well, that's. <laughs> they were really fun to look at. That's interesting. Then that sounds like sounds like something interesting. <laughs> uh, so that is that would be replaced by uh, the movie Love After Death. But I also want that. <laughs> uh, th- have you seen the movie Carnival of Souls? I'm not sure. I, like I know I've watched this with people a bunch of times. It's this movie where it, it's it's a really famous '60s uh, independent sort of ghostly horror movie where this lady uh becomes an organist in a small town but like she just keeps having these weird fugues where the whole world goes silent around her and then like she keeps being like me with this recording (laughs) scenario and she's mysteriously attracted to this uh old abandoned amusement park Right. Uh, anyway, Love After Death, it's a lot like that. It feels like that, but at like an even much lower level of budget. And okay. it's also like totally zany sexploitation almost. Oh, of course. It's, it's about, so it's about this lady who she has married this guy and they've been married for six months, but it's unconsummated because she doesn't like him and she only had married him for his money. Right. Uh, so she's scheming to bury him alive, and she does. Uh, and he just, he, this is like his greatest fear being buried alive. So he somehow manages to get out. He surges his way out of the grave, but he comes, like, he does die, I guess, because he comes back as this rabid sex zombie. A sex zombie, and he just not like, a regular zombie. <laughs> no, he he he's like a rape zombie. He goes from place oh, to no. place, peeking in at people, having sex, and then jumping in and joining. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's so weird. It's it's honestly really fun, but it's completely insane. Like very psychotronic <laughs> cinema. Oh dear, that doesn't sound like it's going to be something for me. But <laughs> uh, and I, I should say it's not like uh, it's it's not a hardcore film. It's just uh, like sort of a nudie from the. It's like 1968, so it's just like a lot of people uh, in black and white, naked, pretending to have sex. Oh, oh, I see. Not an actual porno. The, the, the <laughs> that wouldn't be in the stacks. 
Uh, All right. And that is replaced with uh, its secondary feature on the same disc, The Good, The Bad, and The Beautiful. Uh, oh, the classic uh, Clint Eastwood film. <laughs> no, this is The Good, oh, The wait, Bad, no, and... Oh, wait, no, hold on. I don't think I got that right. And The Beautiful. Yeah, no, the one in the... that I'm thinking the Western, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, the opposite. <laughs> yes. So this is beautiful. Yeah. So this is from the same producer as Love After Death. Uh, and it's about scissor murders and uh, a politician being blackmailed. Uh, like, okay, here, I'm just going to read what it says right. on this Agfa disc. Because sure. It's so weird. <laughs> Uh, All right. So the movie centers around the estate of a politician where blackmail and scissor murders go hand in hand and fetish whippings. Now what's a scissor murder? Murders with scissor. Scissors. Okay. Okay. Just what it sounds like then. <laughs> uh, with smoking weed and fetish whippings. Combining a... Not smoking weed. Smoking weed. Oh my gosh. This, uh, this must be an exploitation picture. Uh, <laughs> combining a trashy paperback feel with gutter goth mood. This psychosexual spectacle would feel right at home with the work of exploitation auteur Joe Sarno, uh, who I am a big fan of. Joe Sarno is pretty fun. Uh, so, so that is uh, one added to the stack. Uh, okay. Next one that I watched is King of the Zombies. Uh, this, is an, this is a 30s, maybe early 40s horror film. It's a Poverty Row picture. Uh, do you know much about Poverty Row? Are you sort of familiar with the concept? No, no, I'm not. So in in like classic Hollywood, you had the main studios and then you had like the Poverty Row studios that were like below the main independent. Made oh, the really, okay. really so, cheap movie. Like uh, Ed Wood's uh, stuff was all Poverty oh, Row. Oh, yes, yes, Ed Wood. Okay, <laughs> I got you then. Ed Wood was a big Poverty Row guy. Uh, so this is one made by sort of the main Poverty Row company, PRC. Uh, and I can't remember what, like, something picture releasing company or something. It's very, very sad name. Uh, wow. <laughs> this, bizarrely, this is their only Oscar nominated film. It got an Oscar nomination for Best Score, which it did not win. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it was nominated. That stand out to me all that much. Uh, so it's it's about these two guys and their manservant, Mantan Moreland. Uh, and this is, it's kind of rough. It, it is one of those early Hollywood uh, black character performances that are like... Oh, no. And like Mantan Moreland, pretty famous, but like someone who really kind of went out of style because of... It's, it's sort of the, the step and fetch it style in, in a way. Like he's very, very famous. He was one of the main guys and he is actually hilarious. Like he is really funny. But it is kind of like it's 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 definitely regressive. It's it's a little ah. it's a little dicey nowadays. But he is basically the star in this movie, which is interesting. Because, oh. go ahead, sorry. Oh no, sorry. I just I you just cut out there. Okay, again. so like he he's essentially the star of the film. Uh, he mm -hmm. he's he's the guy who drives all the action. And what's weird is we experiencing microaggressions from the the main villain and we him being gaslit by the main villain we see him being the only one who knows what's going on while everyone around him is just 
has no stakes and all of the stakes are for him. It's very weird because he's the comic okay. relief. But he's the guy who drives the entire plot. I, I kind of dug mm. it for that. It just it, it was a, it was a very weird thing where like these two square jawed white male leads who were completely anonymous and had nothing to do in the movie totally took a back seat to him as the comic relief also driving the plot. Okay. Uh, so they, they crash land in a jungle is, I think it's in Haiti cause it's voodoo zombies. Okay. So it could be, it could be Haiti, I think, or in that area. Yeah. Uh, and so there's like this zombie master who was supposed to be played by Bella Lugosi, but then they ended up not, uh, oh. but uh, Mantan Moreland, I mean, is honestly really fun. In the movie. So it, it is worth seeing in that respect. Uh, and it's okay. a breezy 60 minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. I'm just so, I am so done with all these modern, uh, every movie's got to be three hours long. Even your comic book beat em ups. Well, especially your comic book beat-em-ups. Like, those are all like, you don't two and a half hours out. now. You know, I was re-watching oh, yeah. the Marvel movie a year and a half ago. I was astonished when I got to the Avengers, and it was only two hours long. Because, like, oh, yeah, cause they're... they just keep getting longer. <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't Endgame, like, three and a bit hours? Like, I there was a meme so. where this is where you go to... to to go to the bathroom I, like the, there was the exact point right yeah and i think <laughs> yeah no where tony I think stark so. is working on time travel that's where you go to the bathroom <laughs> i remember now yep uh yeah it, it's crazy how bloated um those those films have been, become and like that that's something that i weird old exploitation cinema most of it is 90 minutes yeah there's there's few films in my experience that need to be that long Indeed. Um, most could be cut. Yeah, like, there are certain movies that you want to have. I like, some of my favorite movies are very... I, we, we mentioned Nick's earlier. I, yeah, about, oh, how long is that? Because it, <laughs> it, it went by quickly. I think it's about three hours. But I love yeah, I feel that like movie. It. Yeah, like that movie, because it's so insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to be just like this uh, Nixon biopic, but no, it's like... I mean, it is, I guess, but it's also just... It's like a comic book Nixon. Nixon. <laughs> it's so much fun. Or if everyone around him was on acid, I'm not sure. Well, and like, Hopkins' performance is so zany, almost. Like, there's such an energy to it. I know, it's like... It's almost like he's parodying Richard Nixon a little bit. I, I like almost. I, I I don't even want to say it's almost. Like, I think to an extent, both Oliver Stone and... Anthony Hopkins are parodying Nixon in that. Because, like, there's also Oliver Stone's W, which is entirely a parody, but it's kind of almost too toothless. Like, it just, it, it should have bit a little harder on the guy. Oh, yes. Well, this, yeah, to see, Nixon was... Nixon's was just, <laughs> Nixon's just I, so I would interesting. say it's one of the most sympathetic towards him pieces of media, and it's not sympathetic. No, like he is still clearly a supervillain in that movie, but it's it gets why he's a supervillain. It shows that he's kind of an interesting supervillain. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so that is replaced with the apartment on the thirteenth floor, aka Cannibal Man. Uh, this is one oh. of the video nasties. 
Uh, it's about video nasties. the video nasties list. Uh, so this was the list in the UK of movies that uh, if your video store sold them, they would be confiscated and you'd just huge fine. It's illegal to to see these movies in Britain for oh, wow. like a good 20 years. Uh, th there was a big furor about this in the 80s. And there's like 40, 50 films that were on this list. And like these movies are illegal in the uk and this is one of them okay <laughs> uh and it, it's it's because of the cannibal theme basically all cannibal themed movies being banned because of uh cannibal holocaust and right. uh, cannibal holocaust and texas chainsaw they're two huge uh big ones and then there's just kind of vague similar caught up in the sweep of those Mm -hmm. uh, so Cannibal Man, which I, I have not seen this. It's about this guy who works in a slaughterhouse and he accidentally kills someone in a fight. Uh, and then just for some reason, things just keep getting out of control and he ends up with more dead bodies and he's having to eat them or feed them to people or something. <laughs> I, like, I don't okay. know exactly how it escalates to that point, but I know that that's the plot. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with all these dead bodies? Hmm. Well, let me get my fork. <laughs> it's like, well, there's there's one way I can definitely get rid of them. That... <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah, uh, that, that one, uh, I, I don't know uh, how graphic it is, but it might be graphic. <laughs> I've heard that it's actually I'm... a pretty serious film. Like, it's not oh, really? as exploitative as a lot of the similar ones. I watched a documentary on the video uh, that came out from Severin. And it's one that everyone's talking about. It's like, it's not really an exploitation film. Kind of more a film of this guy's psychological decline. Okay. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh -huh. uh, so I also watched Ladybug, Ladybug, uh, which is a Frank and Eleanor Perry uh, 1964 nuclear angst movie. Uh, oh, yes. I believe you started talking about this a bit in chat before. Yeah. So this is pretty soon after the Cuban Missile Crisis, but uh, a little bit before Failsafe and uh, Dr. Strangelove. And it's about a true event. Uh, so there's this town in, I think, upstate New York, where, okay, uh, you know, they, they have the warnings. There was right. some kind of error, and their alarm just started going off, and it wouldn't shut up. No one could tell them what the issue was. So they're like, I guess we got to get these kids out like we'll we'll send the kids home what do we even do in <laughs> so the one of the teachers takes a bunch of the kids home and we just kind of follow these kids on their journey as they deal with, like maybe the world's ending today and like a bunch of them get into uh, a fallout shelter and they kind of start arguing about what life is going to be like now it's it's very interesting oh yeah that 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 could be interesting I, i'm reminded of uh that time where there was this false alarm about missiles going to Hawaii a few years back. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I remember that. God. And people were seriously, well, everyone was freaking out. Nobody until they, until like a half hour later, they found out, no, it was an error. Totally. And like, this is in 1964 and it's in a rural town with a bunch of children. So they're like, we have no way to find out what's real. Oh boy. Come on. Uh, so like a lot of them are, some of them, like they go and they, someone turns on a radio and it's like, man, oh, dead audio again, drat. Some of them go, some of them find radios and the, eh, maybe it's not really a big thing, but most of them are just panicking. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very interesting. It's it's a very somber, quiet movie, but it's super good. Okay. Uh, I can't remember. Have you seen The Swimmer? Did you? Were you there for movie night year? Couple Which years. one is that? I'm I'm not I'm not good with titles for some of these. Burt Lancaster is this guy who is at this morning or like early afternoon cocktail party or something, and he's looking out across the valley. He's like, look at all the pools everyone has in their I bet I could take a pool swimming trip all the way back home to my house. Uh, that doesn't sound familiar, but oh. it sounds interesting. It's, it's one of my absolute favorite movies. It's the same writer and director. Okay. Really, really cool movie. We'll have to watch it sometime. It's totally a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, so Ladybug, Ladybug, placed with Phobe, the xenophobic experiment. <laughs> Which you may remember oh, from, <laughs> from its reference on Red Letter Media when they almost covered it. Yes, that was the one that you said they couldn't finish. Yeah, they started to watch a little bit of it, and then they were like, no, this is too stupid. Oh, my cat is interested in the microphone. Kitty, kitty. Kitty. Plum. Oh, she's a good cat. Good cat. Good cat. Uh, so it's a Canadian 90s science fiction movie uh, made in 1994 in Niagara, Ontario. Aliens. <laughs> okay. Uh, laser fights. Uh, lots of very, very... I've not seen the whole movie, but it does look like it's going to be pretty fun trash in the really low-fi trash. Now my kitty's purring into the microphone or trying to. I'm not hearing her, but I wouldn't mind. Oh. <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> uh, and the last one that I watched is The Alpha Incident. Uh, and I just watched this, like, immediately before we were talking. Uh, this is... It's, it's basically like if my dad was in The Andromeda Syndrome. <laughs> like okay <laughs> so it's about the they've got this uh virus from mars that they've kept in a lab and they're transporting it by train through i i think it's supposed to be a uh I, oh no it's 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 wisconsin so they're they're in moose point wisconsin that's such a wisconsin name <laughs> it's such a wisconsin movie uh the, he, so they got the government guy. He's there to protect the virus on the train. But there's this really drunk, nosy, obnoxious idiot who's the train guy. And he just he he's obsessed with finding out what is the secret thing on this train. So he opens it up and breaks it and he lets it out, obviously. Of course. Uh, and then there's just like this handful of people stuck in Moose Point, Wisconsin, in the middle of nowhere who uh, if they fall asleep, the virus will kill them. Oh, no. So they got to find stuff to do to stay awake. But mostly they're just sitting in one room squabbling with each other the whole time. It's a Bill Rabane movie. <laughs> uh, and, and that's kind of what his, his movies tend to be. Uh, a lot of Wisconsinites. Have. <laughs> uh, this is from the Bill Rabane uh, weird Wisconsin box from Arrow, so the next also a Bill Rabane, uh, The Demons of Ludlow, which Anna. Alright. <laughs> uh, all I know about is that it's a haunted piano in uh, this small town called Ludlow. I watched the trailer and it looked really weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so that is all of the films added uh, and all of the films removed. 
Uh, All right. So now uh, what we do have to decide on is what our movie for next week is, our, our main picture. Oh, Josh. I, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'll send you the link. Okay, yeah, send me a link. Um, okay, let's see. Clicky click, clicky click. It's hard to click with cats taking up <laughs> my good arm. Giddy. She wants pets. The cat deserves pets. Okay. So, <laughs> so this is where we're going to decide. Uh, all right. So okay. here we have our list of. Uh, I think currently there are fifty-three options. Some of these will the the options will decrease as certain stacks are. Some of these are really small, technically. Right. Uh, there there will be, and some of them are also just box sets which are standalone. Uh, so, okay. any thoughts or any particular type of movie? Uh, any well, general thoughts? Um, let's see. We watched a we watched a somber kind of quiet samurai movie for this episode. So let's do something different. I am seeing on here, and how do you feel? I've seen this before, but I, it's been a very long time. How do you feel about Twelve Monkeys? Absolutely. I, I have not watched 12 Monkeys in quite a long time. Uh, I think when I saw it, it was a TV version. Oh, wow. Which I, I saw it on DVD quite a few times back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm totally down. Let's do that then. As our So that's going to be our big one? Yeah, the, the main picture. Okay. Uh, and uh, like for the other stuff, I don't know. Do you, do you have any picks uh, that uh, you're interested in checking out right now, or uh, do? Oh, okay. So the options uh, would be uh, seizure, moon in Scorpio, delirium, love after death, the king of the zombies, uh, and ladybug, ladybug, well, and the. Hmm. Let's go with. Well, uh, I want to see what this ladybug thing is all about. Okay, cool. It's it's a really cool film. And like Zadoichi, it has kind of a quiet, somber feel. It's a really good way to chill out after uh, a long day. I've actually watched twice in Oh. Very good commentary track on it as well. Oh, cool. All right. All right. So uh, that concludes, I guess, more or less our first uh, episode. Any, any final thoughts before we uh, close off? Well, um, <laughs> one final thought is I'd like to get my internet nonsense <laughs> sorted out, but that's got nothing to do. That's neither here nor there. I think that's probably uh, on both ends. Yeah, there's a of... lot of movies that I haven't seen, that a lot that I haven't heard of. Um, I'm definitely interested in uh, this project going forward because there's going to be a lot of stuff that I would probably never see otherwise. Yeah, I watch a lot of weird garbage. <laughs> yes, you do. But, yes, you do. But you, you, I can find the gems. gems. That's something. Yes, that's something that uh, that you've always been good at. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this should be lots of fun. Uh, thanks for everyone who is joining us out there in the universe. Uh, and uh, we, we wish you good tidings. Yes. Uh, stay safe out there, everybody. Let's so Jay, where can folks get more of your stuff? Do you have other content or do anything else? Do you have a Patreon? Uh, not currently. Uh, I, I certainly okay. have 
Uh, I have Letterboxd, which is uh, going to be in the show notes. Literally daily, I will put up a review for movies I watch every single day of the week sometime. Uh, this is a podcast about anxiety. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you can find my reviews there as well as the Actax list, which will be updated. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to necessarily update it in real time every time I watch a movie or if I might update it all in a bunch just before recording each week. I haven't decided. Okay, right on. <laughs> what about you? I have no internet presence. <laughs> not yet, anyways. At this time. We're, we're, we're working on that. I'm going to be starting either a Twitter or a blog um, talking about uh, basically just, well, talking about my life. So that means it's going to be a lot of uh, LGBTQ uh, stuff, but it's also going to be me uh, talking about which Final Fantasy characters are going are the hottest. Certainly. Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't started that Twitter, or I don't even know <laughs> if it's going to be a Twitter up yet. It's so next time we have an episode, <laughs> next time we have an episode, I will actually have something to refer you to for this section. Right on. So thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. And uh, thank you all for listening. And thank you, Jay, for hosting. Thank you very much, Shanna. And keep watching the stacks.